I'm Sheila Applegate. I'm Zach Hansen. In this podcast, we dive into the concepts of consciousness, deep. deep into the concepts of consciousness, and other interesting trivia in the Netflix original series, Sense8. We're doing an episode-by-episode episode exploration of how we can live a Sense8 life. We'll also be throwing in some special episodes, like today's in which we interview people from the Sense8 cast. So today's an exciting day. We have one of the cast members here with us today. Yes. Yeah. So excited about this. So what's going on here today? We have an Ellen campaign. So doesn't it make sense that Ellen would love Sense8? I think so. Absolutely. So there's a campaign, if you haven't noticed, to get Ellen to invite some of the cast members and even Lana onto her show to give them more attention and to promote the show, right? Give them the love they deserve. The love and the honor, the respect, everything. I mean, it would be such a perfect match. So the link that you can use to send an email to request this is going around. I also found a mailing address for that. So on our Patreon, we'll have both the email link and the snail mail for you to send an email or a letter and tell Ellen why Sense8 is important and why they should be featured on her show. And those of you who are wanting to get a Sense8 con in the U.S., please contact at creationent and ask them to do that. At Original Funko makes figurines. And some people believe that we should have Sense8 figurines, and I could get into some Sense8 figurines. Well, why not, right? Right. So if you want to help promote the Sense8 figurines, there's a hashtag Funko needs Sense8. Funko just doesn't know it yet. So also send Funko at Original Funko. Send them a DM or a tweet, tag them, and help them realize that they need Sense8 figurines for us. And so everybody had an amazing time at the Paris Sense8 Con last weekend. We got all kinds of Incredible pictures from it. I mean, you know, one of the things I noticed was the cast members took their time with the pictures. And I've been to cons before that were like pretty impressive and the actors were so nice, but I've never seen them posing with the, with the people with such love and connection and fun and playfulness. So that was really fun to see. Their little teaser video was kind of fun too that they put together like on a cell phone. Like the night before? Yeah, that, yeah, was, that fun was fun, too. They did a lot of fun things, and it came out through the social media. And then, if you didn't hear, they announced that there's a Sense8 Con in Paris, March 30th and 31st of 2019. 
And when I hear the VIP tickets already sold out. Sold out. <laughs> That's so incredible. It's incredible that a year ahead that it's getting this attention. And what it tells me is no matter what happens, Sensei will live on through us. It did its job. It's doing its job. It will continue to do its job for generations to come. You had one job, Sensate, and, and you you've done it. it. <laughs> Yay! All right, and we have a big shout out to Donna Pontrello in Julian Ignance on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Awesome. Let's get on with the show. The question is, why these people? Why these minds? Why not a mind that feels, I don't know, more in sync with my own? Maybe that's the point. How so? I teach a class on evolution every semester, and we talk about the engine of evolution, which is variation. I imagine that to be something more than what evolution would define as yourself, you'd need something different from yourself. That was Maximilian Ewalt who plays Amanita's mother, Grace, in the Sensate series. We're delighted to have her with us today, and she's as amazing in real life as the character is in the show. Maximilian recently retired from her 30-plus years organizing trade shows, which is what she was doing when she got cast in Sensate. She continues to pursue her passion in acting and is currently up for a role in the independent film called the Last Man in San Francisco, which is about the housing crisis in San Francisco, and they'll begin filming in April. Maximilian is also instrumental in her support of the project to create a Sensate mural in her hometown of San Francisco. She's a huge animal lover and currently running her very own animal nursing home as she nurtures her two sick elderly cats and dog. And when they transition, she wants to travel far and wide as she writes a play of the voluminous collection of three generations of her eccentric family's letters. Welcome, Maximilian. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That was quite an introduction. <laughs> I just want to correct you. The movie that I'm up for is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. All right. So The Last Black Man in San Francisco. <laughs> So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having we, me. We are so excited to have you here with us. And just getting to know you has been amazing and far exceeded expectations. <laughs> and I have to say that Grace is one of my favorite roles at in Sensate. She plays a role that I very much relate to and resonate with. So this is very exciting. Let's start by hearing about what was it like to be a part of this Sensate family. We hear from a lot of the cast and people involved that that the actual experience for you on this that side of the camera has been life-changing as well. Yes, it has. It, it was remarkable from the very beginning. Um, first of all, uh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> um, I, I didn't meet the Wachowskis until we actually did the table read. And um, I 
I did not know who they were. I looked them up when I auditioned for the part. So I, you know, I did my research. <laughs> and so I, I knew of them and about them by the time I met them. But when I met them, they had never met me. And they just welcomed me with open arms and said, welcome to the Sensate family. Uh, and it was like, wow. I mean, <laughs> I've worked on movie sets where the director doesn't even talk to you or, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. There's, or it'll be the assistant director. Or, you know, it's just, it's so they were so hands on and they were so there. So that part of it was just remarkable, and they were so lovely and warm and friendly. And they had a party at Lana and Karen's house that we were invited to before we started shooting. It's like we really got to to know each other on an intimate level before we even started working. So that had never happened to me on a movie set. Did they you get a, a cue for Sense8 for their parties from their real parties? The party at, oh. at their house? <laughs> Was it anything like you no. see in Sense8? <laughs> no. Okay. But, uh, they, did, they did do some karaoke singing at oh, the party. Yeah. That, I, I think there is there some of that in the show? I there is, know. yeah. Yeah. There is. Um but that was great fun, and the whole ca the cast was there, and the the crew, you know, the makeup people, the hair people, the the photographers, the sound people. So it was, you know, and then I got to really talk to the other actors and find out more about them, and it was very cool. Do you think that had a really powerful impact on the energy that they were able to produce through the series? Absolutely. Um, they they set the tone, first mm -hmm. of all. It was, from my perspective, except for my own, you know, stress that I create for myself, it was stress-free. I mean, wow. the set was calm all the time. There was no, you know, no, people didn't freak out and, and get upset. I mean, they were very patient, Um it just, and they, they totally set the tone and everybody, everybody was so, so kind and so nice. Um, you know, kindness is sexy as they say in the, it's in the, mm -hmm. in the picture, in the photos at the beginning of the show. And they, they live by that. And I, I later learned that they actually, uh, according to one of the actors did, a fair amount of research on us. I said, oh, research. I said, what do you mean? They did a background check on us. They did criminal background checks. No, they checked to see how night, how if we got along with people and were easy to get along with and work with. And I'm like, wow, it shows because everybody is like that. Wow, There's no awesome. conflict on the set at all. It was amazing. And as I said before, I worked on Nash Bridges, I don't know if you know that show, it was a show, Don Johnson, and I did a scene with him. He didn't even acknowledge my presence because wow. I wasn't, I wasn't young in my 20s and blonde or something. <laughs> it was, and the way he talked to his director, I mean, it was a whole other thing, whole other thing. So I felt, I felt very blessed and I loved working with them. They're, they're brilliant. I loved watching them work. They are like sensates. They like, they don't even have to talk to each other. They're like one mind. They, wow, they don't cool. have, yeah, they hardly had to talk to each other. They just understood because they've done work together so much. Is that Lily and Lana specifically or is that, does that expand out past the 
I'm talking about Lily and Lana as siblings. Yeah. You know, okay. Done yeah. all their show. They've done all their work together. They've worked right, right, for all this time until season two of Sense Eight, because then Lana, uh, Lily was has taken a leave for a while, and um, so he, she wasn't on the set at all. Now, when I did started working on Sense Eight, Lily was Andy at the time. Right. So, yeah. So I ha- I haven't seen her since since then, but um, yeah. Well, it takes one to know one, so it doesn't surprise me at all when you're telling me how they communicate, right? Yeah. They, they've had to draw. Yeah. Their artwork over their careers is extraordinary, in my opinion, and they really have to understand life really well to be able to communicate the level in this media that they do, in my opinion, they just have to have known these things to be able to express them the way they do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, for me, um, I actually had started to be aware of them, even though I knew of the matrix, I started to be aware of them a few years before sensei and was sort of watching them through um, cloud Atlas and Jupiter ascending and, Knowing how similar their their message that comes from their heart is to my message that I've worked at through a different means of trying to bring to the world and feeling the frustration that they had in not being able to fully convey it and then coming to Sense8 and watching them masterfully be able to take the time and share all of this information with the world I was just so happy for them that they were able to have a forum with which they could express this and to gather a cast to create that. Like you're saying, they they had to create a vibrational atmosphere in order to um, produce this magic and this masterpiece. And they were able to do all that. And and a huge portion of the world was able to receive it. And mm-hmm. hopefully with time, more will be able to receive it as well. Yeah, that's, that's very nice. Very well said. Yeah. So you also got to, in the upcoming special, you got to return to your hometown or to where you grew up, right? Yes. Yeah, I lived in Paris from the age of 14 to 19. And... um so that was that was very special for me. Um, I got to speak French with the fans, <laughs> and but they they all they all speak very good English too. So we go in in and out of French and English, and um, but um, yeah, they were pretty surprised when I was speaking French mm-hmm. to them. It's like, how come you speak such good French? Oh, I went to school here. <laughs> I got my back here. And they're like, what? <laughs> So that was that was great, and um, I think that. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I almost told you where we were shooting. I don't want. To tell <laughs> well, you even that. the fact oh. that you ended up in Paris is intriguing, right? <laughs> it was How did a Grace end up in? <laughs> so I was very happy to go to Paris. I was not expecting that um, to be able to travel like that. That was that was quite an adventure. Um, you know, the, the sensates, they travel all over. Right. You know, and that, boy, it's like it's very, very fun for them. It's like, you know, traveling circus. <laughs> Did you travel at all in the first two seasons? 
No, everything no. wasn't. I, the one scene I wasn't sure about was in the Christmas scene. Weren't you in the church or something? I didn't know where that was. That's in San Francisco. That is too. Okay, so everything. So you didn't get to travel at all, huh? No, oh, I was going to go to Chicago at one point, but that didn't happen either. So, <laughs> you know. But you got to yeah. Paris. That's incredible. <laughs> I got to Paris because of this, um, you know, whatever snafu happened. And uh, boy, but the French were sure loving it. The fans mm -hmm. were out in force. Yeah, from <laughs> what I understand, Paris has a very big, supportive, passionate fan base out there. It does. Yeah. It does. I think a lot of Europe does. It seems it seems to me the fan base is actually stronger in Europe. Most of the fans that I ran into were quite young. Um but it was very interesting. Um there was I they were all different kinds of people. I was when I was talking to some of them, there was a young Muslim woman in the hijab and everything. And I'm like, Wow, this is great. She yeah. was a big sensate fan. That was really cool. Yeah, the spectrum of fans is pretty amazing and fun, I think. Yeah, I mean, the whole medium of the show is transcending yourself and expanding your identity of self, as in to I am a me and also a we. So I think it just hits the spectrum because we're really just talking, Sensei is about your humanity. And guess what all humans have in common? Humanity, right? <laughs> so I think right. that's why it does have... it. it it can hit everybody um, and everybody can relate because that's the core is we're all humans. This show even resonates with fans in Turkey, yeah. you know, uh -huh. it's like, Oh yeah. When you're on Twitter and you see like they, the clusters that they have, the Twitter group clusters, you really hit almost everywhere. It's incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. It truly is amazing. And I don't, I don't think anybody was expecting that, you know, for the, that connection to be so strong out there. And it was just amazing watching that grow from the very beginning when the show started. Because I joined Twitter because of the show. I wasn't on Twitter before that. Me and too. I saw, <laughs> Me too. <yeah. laughs> I saw the, I know that knew the fans, I, I don't know, maybe I saw it on Facebook or something that the fans were pushing for Renew Sense8. They were getting antsy that it wasn't going to be picked up for its second season. So they picked a day and a time. We're going to, you know, send this message to Netflix. And so I'm at work and I'm like 15 minutes <laughs> to the time. I said, Twitter, how do I do this? I, somebody at work showed me how to open a Twitter account, and I just went on right there and said, "All right, we're new Sensei season two. And and all of a sudden, I had fans like, "Oh, that's awesome!" I actually didn't even know that that um, fan progression started in between season one and season two. Oh no, it started right away. Actually, because I they did the premiere here in San Francisco. They showed three episodes in a movie theater. And um, and then so they had reviews come out right after that. And the reviews were very mixed when mm -hmm. it originally came out. And um, I was like, oh, you know, but then as people went, once it started airing and people started watching it, I was Stunned, stunned by the response. People were like 
crazy about it. The people who loved it were like, wow, it just was like snowballing so fast. And I was so excited that I, I and I found this poem by the poet Hafiz, who was a contemporary of Rumi. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I don't have it with me, but it was a beautiful poem, basically about how I, I am a we. It's that same concept. And I said, oh, my God, I got chills. And I said, I've got to send this to Lana. And I put this collage together and put the poem on there. And I drove it over to her house and put it on her doorstep, not knowing <laughs> if they'd ever get I said, I have, just have a feeling this is I have a feeling this show is really going to take off. I just have um. a strong And um, I didn't find out until Paris. I went out to dinner with them. And Karen, uh, Lana's wife, turned to me and said, by the way, thank you so much for that collage and the poem that you sent us back then. We have it on our wall. Oh, wow. and I'm, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even know that they, you know, that was the first time I heard, knew that they even got it. So, Oh, that's beautiful. That it's very nice <laughs> yeah. for them to tell you. Yeah. That's exciting. And it's it's fun to hear your side of, you know, watching that explode and the, the joy that you must have felt. Because um, you never know when you start a show, right? Like, it's either going to yeah. go or not go. And This one took off. Yeah. Right. And so I have to say, it, it's just been a magic carpet ride, this whole experience for me, because I've been in other things, you know, small things. Um, I've been in some movies and things, but very small parts. And I'd never been in anything that had this kind of uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. I've never been something so um, visible and so well-known. And um, so that was a real a real gift. And um, Has it changed your life in any way? Well, I know it has. I, you know, I, I, I ha- you have to keep things in perspective. It's like I know it's like we've been on a little high, this little magic carpet ride, you know. And I know we, you know, things end and you land, and you know, you gotta get keep your feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's very heady stuff sometimes. You know, you get very. It's very exciting. Right. Um, but um, no, I, I, it's. Um, what was I going to say? Has it changed my life? It has. It's changed my life in that it's just expanded my love for humanity, I think. Um, I've always loved people, but I have to say in more, I've gone through periods of time where my faith in humanity has waned a bit, and I'm going, I don't know. I think that's part of our journey. <laughs> so much, animals don't hurt people, you know, so... Um, but um, yeah, this uh, certainly I I just have totally fallen in love with with the Wachowskis and Karen. Um, I, I just I don't know why I just love them so much. I told them that at dinner. I just I just love you guys so much. You know what can I say? Your heart just wants to burst open with them. I I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I really don't. It's a, it's a reflection of their love for for humanity. Yeah, yeah. and and. and and Lana's like that. She goes out and talks with the fans too, mm-hmm. you know, go right out there. And that's the other thing I love about it, that the cast, everybody interacts with the fans. You know, they're not all standoffish and, you know, we, we enjoy their company. We enjoy talking to them. 
And I think the fans love that. And we love them because we know the show would be nothing without the fans. And I think that that's kind of unique, but part of what the magic of Sense8 is, um, because it's moving off the screen and into reality. And there's a blending of that um, going on in the way you're all relating to the fans. Um, We've also noticed that, you know, some of the way they present it is it's almost designed for this fluid relationship between humanity and the art mm-hmm. is i think that's the way it should be if you ask me well yeah integrated <laughs> it's a brilliant <laughs> unified um, yeah no it's it's pretty amazing and i remember them talking about the inspiration for writing sensate came from a conversation they had lana and andy at the time with I don't know if it was Straczynski or who, but um, and it was a discussion about the Internet and how it connects everybody, but yet we're disconnected. And, and you know, it's that network. The, what do mm-hmm. they call it in the show? The, um, like, mushroom. The, the neural the, the net? Root, the root, root system of the mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. What is it called? I, I think I know what you're uh, referring to. It's actually in the very first episode. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to see if I can pull up the quote in my mind because I don't have it in front of me. But the villain, I say the villain, the drug dealer, he's the one who says it when he brings up the idea, when he's talking about DMT and limbic resonance. Um, That's in, it's interesting that it was the internet that kind of springboard them to this concept because I've actually talked about that for quite some time. So like, I think in some ways people focus on the disconnect that we're experiencing, but to me, I see it as a gateway to our higher consciousness and working with people, helping them communicate with a non-physical and that work has actually gotten easier for me to help people through the internet because so much of our conversations are in our heads now. So if you're texting people, you're having a conversation, but you're not seeing the person. So we can get stuck there. It, it, it has to be the springboard or the gateway to move to what Sense8 presents, but it, it actually has helped to evolve us in our telepathic communication and the connection that they're representing here. Yes, yeah. it does. Of course, it has a dark side, too. Oh, indeed. <laughs> I haven't watched Black Mirror, but I know that's why I don't want to watch it. And sometimes I have enough trouble. I like sometimes the, you know, new media or whatever it's called, just, um, you know, especially in this day and age can get really out there, you know, with people commenting on things and it. Yeah, and I think a lot of the ones that are exploring this, aside from Sensei, do explore more of the dark side. And that's what makes Sensei so important and incredible. I mean, there is a little dark undertone with a, you know, with the story um, of feeling like they're being chased. But other than that, the majority of it is not about that. Right. Right. Well, they kind of blur the lines because, you know, Uh there's sexuality, there's drugs, there's a cop doing heroin. I mean, there's just, it gets blurry and there's no right or wrong. So, it's it's good <laughs> and a criminal with big guns yeah <laughs> big big guns yeah and then and then kala even helps wolfgang blow some people up 
Like, and she's a scientist, right? She's like, I know how to get you out of this. We'll put these chemicals together and we'll get you out of here. So, and she, yeah, and she doesn't seem like she's that kind of person. But when it's time to be a gangster, it's time to be a gangster. <laughs> and then you have my daughter who in this scene, um, when they're, they go into um, the doctor, Dr. Metzger's house. They break mm-hmm. into Dr. Metzger's house, and um, and Amanita finds a photograph of of Dick Cheney, and oh. she goes, "Oh, look! Oh, I what she said, I what did she say? I knew I knew he was evil." <laughs> I'm going, "Okay, yes, that's going on here too." <laughs> that's funny. Well, speaking of your daughter, let's jump into Grace. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to hear about your, your, how you resonate with grace and that role. Does that feel like a reflection of you or? Absolutely. I think, I think I was cast because I'm basically playing myself. (laughs) Really. Um, it was just easy. It was easy. The only, uh, I think I shared this with you, Zach, the other day when we talked, um, Although I would want to know who who was the father of my children, <laughs> <laughs> I might differ there a bit. <laughs> but yeah, no, I uh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, she she's probably quite a bit more open minded than I am. A little bit. I mean, I I consider myself pretty open minded. I have a big heart, just like her, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um. I'll just hug everybody. I'm, I'm like that for sure. And when I met Karen, Lana's wife, the first time at the table, she came up to me and she tells me, you're perfect for Grace. <laughs> you are. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so no, it was, um, I was, and I was really happy to be playing the good mom. Right. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> Because then every, everybody, all the fans, they thought, I need a hug from Mom and Eda's mom. And it made me feel so good. <laughs> it made me feel like they were all my children, you know. Well, you know, and, and that is a reflection of the role you played. Because one of the things that I noticed um, is beyond the number of scenes that you're in, there's a presence of you. And right from the moment we meet you, we already feel the love of you and Amanita and even you and Nomi. There's no, you know, sometimes in TV series, you have to build up and you can, you don't feel the chemistry right away. And it's hard to believe in the first few lines, but that love was present right from the second. And in fact, I actually thought you were in way more, not, not way, like, I thought you were in like almost all the episodes because your presence is in there. And throughout the whole thing, the the lines, the strategic lines and scenes that we just pop into your life um, as it's happening, but you can feel the love of grace supporting Amanita and then Amanita supporting Nomi because she was raised in that. It's really incredible to me the impact that your character has on the whole series. Yeah, it's like your essence carries over into every interaction because she is also so Amanita is supporting Nomi. And that is coming from how you, Grace, 
interact with Amanita. So it's like there's this giant chain and you can just tell there's this sense of family and open-mindedness in where uh, Amanita gets her intelligence too because of uh, the way your character presents, um, you know, some of your lines about just being open-minded and evolution and such. So it's just a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful thing to see the essence carry over into even how Nomi is supported. And she's like a couple positions away from you as far as family goes, as you just take her into your house from what we know is the first time uh, within season one. Yeah. I felt like they knew each other. Did you feel like they, you knew Nomi when they showed up at the door? Totally. Yeah, I okay. felt like they knew each other. Yeah. Well, I, I think in the show, I had already met Nomi. Yeah, that's what I felt. Yeah. But when I met the actors at the table read, it's like, you already my children. <laughs> we had we just hugged right away. And it was like that. It was just great. It was great. Um, but thank you for saying that. I had I hadn't heard that before. That you that you felt like, you know, her presence beforehand. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 And that's a yeah. It definitely permeated. And that's you know, as you set this up for us. I didn't know there was a big party before, but the, you know, the Lana and Lily, they produced an energy that set the stage for the show. And that's how it can permeate out through everything that they're doing. And so I just can see where that comes from. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. And it means, and and it's the power of the writing too. Mm. Right. And the lines, um, which we're going to go into a few of the, the scenes and talk about some of the lines because you're given some really powerful lines that give a lot of insight and sometimes shows, because again, this being kind of in the field of consciousness <laughs> that I'm been teaching in, um, often when we see entertainment and people want to get that message ac- across, the lines feel pushed when they're trying to teach about these concepts, they feel a little unnatural and pushed, but in Sense8, they're, to me, they're very natural. And you hold a lot of, um, huge concepts, even in short lines in your role. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. Uh, I'll play one right now and we'll talk about it. The question is why these people, why these minds, why not a mind that feels I don't know, more in sync with my own. Maybe that's the point. How so? I teach a class on evolution every semester and we talk about the engine of evolution, which is variation. I imagine that to be something more than what evolution would define as yourself, you'd need something different from yourself. There it is. The that's engine a great line. of <laughs> evolution. So that's- <laughs> Maximilian, how does that uh, how does that play out in your life? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> we can, we're going to discover this. I have to my homework on evolution, but I did go to the Galapagos, but that was cool. Um, where Darwin came up with his theory of evolution. Nice. Um, well, I do think that in order to evolve, we have to change. We have to we have to adapt. So we we need to be constantly evolving, and that means being stretched uh, as a human mm-hmm. in whatever way that means. Um, 
having just having conversations with people who you disagree with. You know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> very expanding, very challenging. Or we can stay in our stuck little worlds. No, this is, and then we we don't grow, we don't change. So, um, yeah, because she she asked that why 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 am I meeting all these people who are so different from me, and um, and I think that she finds they're all not so different. You know, we find there that yeah we 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 I am a we we have we are ourselves, but we are also. Um, we're just multifaceted as humans. You know, it's like it's like polar polar bears. You know, they're very adapted to cold climates, right? Mm-hmm. And sadly, global warming, which is a huge, huge thing for me, um, uh, if they can't adapt uh, to a warmer climate, they will disappear. And that is very sad, but. That's, you know, I guess why humans, we, we're pretty adaptable. We're very adaptable. We are very adaptable. Yeah. yeah. And I like what you said about when she gets beyond the surface. I mean, they are so much alike when in their true essence of who they are. And having watched all the episodes, then gone back to pay attention to the individual lines, it was like, almost shocking to me like what do you mean she doesn't think these people are like her but I, but then when you think about all her scenes it you, she actually has created a very um small bubble of life in a sense primarily on her sexual orientation transgender you, she's got that community of people who have experienced some of the same obstacles. And then mm-hmm. she's got her um, hacker group, you know. So those cool. are the, what she's identified herself with for so long. But then when she expands past that and starts to see herself in other beings that have completely different lifestyles, but she comes to know more of who she is through connecting with them. Yeah, and I, I think, too... Okay another aspect of this is why we need diversity is because we all have something to give, right? So it's not just about seeing what we can assimilate from our other fellow humans, but there's, and as we see in the show, as they share gifts with each other, they all have very unique perspectives that help each other out getting out of tough situations. So I think that's the other aspect that's a, a beautiful thing about diversity. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. It gets pretty vast here, but I mean, I live in San Francisco, one of the most diverse places in the United States. I think, um, I just realized, learned recently that we're already, I think it's over 50% Chinese here. So, you know, when I get on the bus, sometimes I'm the only Caucasian person on there. So it's, and I'm very, I I like living in a place like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I mean, I grew up in Europe. It wasn't as diverse as here. Um, But I can't imagine growing up without that, you know, and I can see how, you know, I have, my sister had a stepson 
who moved here when he was a teenager and he had lived in a very, uh, you know, down in Southern California, Lake Isabella, very conservative area. And when he came here, I, I don't think he was, he was scared. It's like, cause he didn't know, like, mm-hmm. oh, these people are, you know, and it's like, but he's, he's been here now for a while and he's, he's just fits right in now and he's comfortable with everybody. And, but his mind expanded big when he moved here. Yeah. <laughs> Exposure's yeah. good. They changed and grew to love all kinds of people. Whereas before he was a lot more closed minded. Yeah. So That's yeah, that yep. diversity helps us evolve. All right. So we're going to do another clip. All right. Okay. When Nita was very young, I took her to her first July 4th picnic, and she got scared by the fireworks. I still hate them. Why celebrate with symbols of war? Wars are always a failure. Yes, honey. But she got frightened, and before I knew it, she was gone. Lost. A million people around me. I felt this panic starting to rise up, but before it hit, I suddenly could hear her. Not her voice. It was the sound that she used to make when she slept against my chest. It was a, a feeling or a vibration, and I, I followed it straight to her. Waffle cone stand. I'm a simple girl. <laughs> no one believed me when I told them how I found her. But it didn't matter. I knew what had happened. I'm one of those people who's comfortable with the idea that there's more going on in this world that we don't understand than all the things that we do. All right, there's more going on that we don't understand. Yeah. Let's talk about this. The more we know, the less we know. Right? It's <laughs> a way of putting it. I mean, when you think when you think about it, it's so true. I mean, we think we know a lot. But there's so much more that we don't know. It's true. I mean, it's like I don't know how anybody can not see that. <laughs> I just Maybe people aren't looking. <laughs> it makes no sense. I'm with you. <laughs> no sense. I mean, look at science, the world of science, the world of the, the universe out there. It's like we think we know everything. We think we know everything right here in front of us, what we see, what we hear. That's our reality. But anything past that, it doesn't exist. Like, whoa. <laughs> You know, um, that reminds me of a line that I love that my daughter said when she was younger. She said to me one day, I mean, she was only like maybe three, four years old. She says, Mom, did you know that some people don't believe they had past lives? And I'm like, <laughs> I said, yeah, honey, I know that. She goes, well, that makes no sense because they've all had them. <laughs> only like a beautiful child can. right <laughs> but that's yeah. that same yeah. feeling like how can you not how can you not assume there's more than what we know like I, I just I don't understand that well I, I think people as we get older we lose that incredible childlike quality of wonder Mm-hmm. And you know, children are always going, why is the sky blue? Why is this? Why am, Why do I have to die? Why, you know, whatever. We're always, why, why, why? And we want to know. And at some point, you know, adults don't get past that. And, you know, it's like 
you're stupid if you ask too many questions or whatever. That, right. And they, they, they just stop being curious about the world. And, and then they start, you know, thinking they know everything. You know, they read, read something and they think they know everything. Um, but it's so, I mean, knowledge is just, it's infinite. It's really infinite, like space. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, look what we didn't know back in the day. You know, back, you know, when you know, I'm watching, I'm watching this, um, the news, it's not a new series, but Versailles. Have you seen Versailles? No, I have not. No. <laughs> I had to stop watching it when I was sick because it was just so brutal. A lot of poisonings <laughs> and it was too much, too, too much. But it's the life of Louis Catorze, Louis, Louis uh, the Sun King in France and his the court life. Oh, just be glad you weren't born in those days, especially <laughs> women. Especially women. But I mean, women were dying in childbirth. The doctors didn't wash their hands because they didn't know about germs. They really didn't know about germs. Right. So I mean, they didn't know. I mean, and now we're in this time when you, you know, we've learned all these things. You know, the world is round, and now there's people coming out who want to believe the world's flat again. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> what do they get for that? I don't get it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure. I haven't figured that out. Do they really believe that, or are they trying to make a point that we don't know what we don't know? I haven't. I don't. I haven't figured out what they're doing with that. Believing it's flat. Well, I looked something up about it, and I have to read it again. But I think they get some comfort. It, it's people who don't. It's uncomfortable for them, this vastness of things. And so they want to make it more controllable or something. I don't know. It's it's not very rational. But, <laughs> but, but I think um, that that is the core. I think you just hit on the core of why people don't surrender to knowing that there's more than we know because and being comfortable with that because there's that illusion that if I just contain this in a manageable way, that I'll feel okay. And don't let yeah, anything else in. I think, we, you know, we're, humans are often not comfortable with not knowing. Yeah. We, we're, we're not comfortable with the unknown. There is so much unknown. There is so much unknown. There's an infinite amount of unknown. <laughs> infinite amount. Absolutely. There is. Yeah. And as far as this clip goes, I really think that um, what's being portrayed here is trusting your intuition. That's a big theme in the show, too. And your character, Grace, did that to find her little girl. And she's also, um, it's okay to embrace the unknown because sometimes it makes more sense to do that than not. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I just want to say, yeah, it, it's it's like, what did you just say? It just makes more sense to embrace the unknown. Than the Certainly known. For, yeah. More than what, what we know because we sometimes, I mean, people sometimes think they know something and it's. It's just, I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I have a bumper sticker somewhere. I love it. It says, don't believe everything you think. <laughs> that's nice. great. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's very Wait, Buddhist. Very Buddhist. <laughs> it is. We think a lot of things that are not true mm-hmm. and we suffer a lot because of that. Yeah. You know? So, the doubting mind is a good practice. I'm a big believer in the unknown. And it, it's good because if he's, you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting to always be in control and thinking, you know, everything. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, we need this. 
<laughs> One of the things I like about Grace, Grace's character, too, is that she's just okay. Like, this line tells me she knows what happens then in that scene. Like, when, when Amanita was missing, she knows exactly what happened, and she's probably told some people but she's not spending her life trying to convince people. It's like, yeah, I know not everyone's going to believe it, but I'm going to go on. I'm okay with that part, too. Um, and every time Grace gives a line like that, that gives those insights, she does it in a way that is not provoking. She just presents it like a like a platter of cookies. And if you want one, take it. You know? That's good. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, yeah. And yeah, that whole, that was a very moving speech in a way for me, you know, to connect with that, whatever it is, that intuition that you have for diet. And, and I think mothers do have that a lot. Mothers have that a lot. They, you know, they're very connected intuitively to their babies or it's just, you know, there's this umbil- invisible umbilical cord still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I when I read that, I thought she could become a she could be a sensate. Absolutely, Maybe she's gonna be a sensate. That's <laughs> a very sensation thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I don't know. If we'll I think mind. everybody becomes a sensate when they wake up, but that's just my perception. <laughs> I, I did read somewhere, somewhere. I don't know if it was. Jamis Straczynski said or somewhere that, and maybe I made it up, I don't know, maybe I dreamt it, that somewhere in here it said that anybody can become a sensate at any time in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't have any reference to that. We'll look for that when we go through. I'm getting a flash of a scene when that could happen. Jonas is talking to Will, but we haven't reached Hmm. that scene in our... Maybe Jonas says that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But we'll look for it because I don't think we've come to it in this in the episodes we've analyzed so far. He would so be a, he would be the character. Say it. He's kind of like the Yoda of the bunch. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what how many of our episodes you've heard, but um, Zach and I have a an ongoing thing. I love Jonas, <laughs> and he uh-huh. doesn't he doesn't as much, but he's coming to appreciate him. <laughs> I didn't say I don't love Jonas. I just said I don't know whether he's a good guy or bad guy. I think that's no, still no. up in the air. I think we, we shouldn't don't. categorize as good or bad. <laughs> I, I tried to throw up some air quotes. I know you couldn't see that as you're listening, but you know. oh, see, oh no, <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you don't know if he's good or bad, and and from what I last remember, he was turning out not to be so good. <laughs> yeah, we, he, he oh, could be. He know. could be a great. Still a, a lot to be determined. Great, yeah. there is. <laughs> we gotta bring it back. All right, yeah. let's, exactly. Let's we need more. Do one more clip. <laughs> Here we go. The things were much different back then. Oh, mm. so different. There were none of these mass shootings. Mm. Oh, God, did you see the terrible news? We just heard about it. They always want to blame it on a religion, an ethnic group, or a skin color. But the one thing no one ever wants to say... It's always a man. Some fucking dude not getting any. Violence has a gender. Oh, my God. I love your dad. 
I find it fascinating how every generation believes in different things. We believed in pot. <laughs> we were Black Panthers. Oh, bad motherfuckers. Now we cook quinoa. Oh, come on now. You all were more interested in pussy than politics. Oh, and what was the nice Jewish girl from Santa Barbara interested in? I wanted to end patriarchal control over women's bodies. Copulation for a better nation by having sex with every homie in Oakland. By any means necessary. Oh, um, they exaggerate, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun listening to that it's a it great scene it, it is. is great it is we had fun doing it we had fun doing it yeah so how do you uh, how do you resonate with grace as kind of um an activist of sorts back in her day well yeah i hey it was the 60s right we had the vietnam war kidding yeah that was a very political time then um so i i also uh resonate with her in that way or she resonates with me in in that way because uh, i'm i consider myself very political i'm an activist um i wasn't always um but yeah um so i don't know um you did. You did mention earlier. You would like to know who the father was out of that in group. Real that life, would, yeah, that would be the difference, right? Like, <laughs> I would. Yeah. But I would still be friends with all of them. Of course, I would. I am friends with a lot of my exes. Yeah, <laughs> that's healthy. I think. Yeah, I am. My first, my first boyfriend. I'm still friends with. He has a daughter, and I love his daughter. I think that's both. awesome. I yeah, think that's great. Yeah. Um, what else? There was something in there that I really wanted to pull out of this scene, and now I'm... Was it Every Generation? Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> what, yeah, yeah, tell me what you're thinking about that first. Well, then. that's a good question. Uh, well, Every Generation, what's well, something we could talk about? Um, see, I I don't have any children of my own, but I, I have nieces and nephews. Well, I think the big difference... Right, in the generations now, maybe is the is is uh, social media and the internet. I mean, the newer generations have grown up with with the internet in a way that we haven't. And, and um, but that's just a different thing, you know. I hadn't really thought about this. It kind of goes along with the engine of evolution, if you ask me. You kind of have a theme, your character and her lines, because at first we're talking about needing diversity to evolve. And now that's kind of like the uh, at a micro personal level, as you're talking to Nomi, and now we are at like a macro level as we're talking about cultures and generations and how each generation is believes in something different than the last. So there's that engine of evolution working again. Definitely. No, that's you. That's very well put. I'm also thinking, well, I, go ahead. I didn't want to cut off Sheila. If you were going to say something. I was just going to say, I've told, I've always told my kids, well, since they were old enough to understand it, that I expect them to go beyond my comfort zone and to make me uncomfortable because when they do that, if they do that, then then I know I've done my job because that's how we evolve. 
every generation should make the generation before them a little uncomfortable. The the beautiful thing would be is if the generation before could wake up and realize that that is evolution and that we should be happy about it. <laughs> Instead of grumpy about it. No, that's you're you're so right. Um I you know, I do know that we you know, you hear your parents' voice, you know, nagging you about something, you know, why are you doing this? And then that, then that gener- it's like, they say, well, wait till you become a parent. You become a parent, and then you start doing the same thing to your child that your parent did to you. You know, that that pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, I mean, that, that does happen, but... <laughs> I um, took that line and said, well, then I'm going to make a note now not to do this not later. <laughs> And it it worked, but (laughs) but it is part of what, yeah. That's what we have to do. But we do start to hear ourselves, our parents' voices in our in ourselves. It's like you know, like especially, you know, some parents didn't like the music in the '60s. I turn all that down and I loud rock and roll, (laughs) right? And now and now then we grow up and it's like ah, turn off that rap music, or you know, we do we do that kind of same thing, but. I had a mother who was very open-minded, and so I, I, I didn't get stuck in that. But, um, uh, sorry, I'm going on here about that. Um, but I think you're right. It, it our children. It, that's the engine of evolution in action. Is yeah. is children, and children are always making the making new changes. I remember watching this show a while ago. It was a reality show called. Uh, Frontier House, I think it was one of the first reality shows, and it took three families from modern time, and they go live back in time, like during Frontier days, and they have to, for six months, live, they have to wear all the old clothes, they can't have any modern things, no modern tools, nothing, and they have to live the way Frontier people live, they have to raise their own food, and they have to prepare for the winter, and then they get to see if they're going to survive the winter. Did they did they make it? And they have no money. They have to build their own log cabin with no modern tools. And some of the families had kids. And and how the kids were breaking the rules all the time. And they said that's how it was then, too. Mm-hmm. You know, they would they would they didn't want to wear the corsets. They'd run around in their nightgowns, you know, going out. And so, I mean, so that we evolved from wearing corsets to loosening our things. You know, from, <laughs> Thank God. So I just thought, yeah, young people, are, they change things up. Good. We need that. Yeah. And I love the way you're talking about that. And, and I, to me, this is like one of my biggest passions and pet peeves. And I, it, it's interesting because you know, it's kind of like we said, how do people not realize there's more than we understand? It's like, how does each generation not realize that they're doing exactly what the generation before them did to them? You know, like when we judge and they're always saying, yeah, but it's different with this generation, you know? And to me, I am so protective of the younger generation and I see such brilliance in them Recently, um, somebody kept coming over to my Facebook and put, he was putting things that I did not agree with in my comments. 
Um, and sometimes they were put in a way that was presented okay. And I'm like, okay, we can have different, you know, different points of view. And one day he kept edging it and it was like not as polite and it was going further and further. And I, I was thinking all day, what is my line? Like, where is my line? And I was just sort of observing myself. And then he made a comment about the, you know, stupidity of the young generation. And I'm like, I found my line. <laughs> and he was blocked. I'm like, that's it. Wow. Wow. So to me, that's, that's how I know like this. T- so that line to me, and I'm glad you remembered what was so important to me is that like, we have to wake up to that, that what we're doing, because that's what evolution is, is to stop suppressing the generation below you. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy, not happy, but I'm hopeful, you know, like the, these kids who survived the shooting um, in Parkland, um, that they're, they're, they're being politically active. They're, they're, marching to Washington, they're doing all that, that stuff. And, um, yeah, so it gives me, it gives me faith in, in, in the future, you know, that they're, and they're going to be voting next. I so, know. That's exciting. So, <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, my, boy, my boy. nephews, my cousins, kids, uh, like it's, you know, it, it's, I'm exposed to that age because of my own kids, but it's, I mean, there's all different people in every generation, of course, but the majority, the momentum, the trademark of this generation is very exciting to me. Yeah, one of the positive things we have about the internet is information, and people get to pick and choose what information they're exposed to. So a lot of the teachings that your guys' generation had to read in books is now published online and easily accessible and there's a lot of young people getting this information super early in their life. So it's not um, so hidden, if you will. Well, and I think that they can get to work sooner, too. So we're seeing the movement with the young generation right now being activated and and taking such huge action and having such an impact. And watching my kids grow up, that's something that because of the Internet, because of technology, they've been able to do their whole whole life. So like my children, you know, opened a, a organization when they were um, little under teenage years and created um, a summer camp to help children learn more about spirit guides and, 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 and all of that. And then my daughter, you know, had a radio show when she was a teen, my son was doing working in a lab, doing PhD, the opportunity by people supporting him when he was in high school. So it's a generation that is not in that same mindset as you just be a kid, you go to school, you go to college, and then you figure out what to do if you're going to do anything or you just settle. This is a generation of people who learned to take action in their childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I have an, my nephew when he was a little kid, he he was just he just came out of the womb like loving electricity. You know, he put his finger, you know, <laughs> put his finger in sockets. You know, he was and he became a computer kid. I mean, he taught himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, really young. He just he had that mind. He was just built for it. And and by when he was ten years old, his dad had cre- um, created a robotic arm. And Pascal, 
his name was Pascal, which is a computer language. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, he did all the programming on the computer for it wow. at 10 years old. They were on the news wow. and he's brilliant. And he never went to college. Uh-huh. He, he ended up getting some fantastic job somewhere. I don't know, in medicine and or working on computers and that, and they wanted to send him to school. And he goes, no, thank you. I don't want to. <laughs> he's so brilliant. He doesn't need it. But like, I'm anyway. smart enough. Thanks. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But I do, I do. I'm sad that, People, I mean, it's, I really do enjoy seeing young people reading an actual book. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see when you see that because watching on a screen all the time is hard on the eyes. It's, it's, it's not the same thing. I'm a very textile person, so I really don't like reading screens when it comes to novels and stuff. Anyway, I'd much rather have a book in my hands. There's just something more intimate about having yeah. to read those words on a page and turning the page and such. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I so as we'll anything, it. we need balance. We we can't exactly. we tend to one extreme. We have to find the balance. We have to find take the good that comes from the past, bring it to the present. You know, and mm-hmm. keep. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when it, like that show that I was talking about. One of the wonderful parts is when those families came back into modern time, and they had lived in a one-room house, ten feet, ten by ten, parents and three children. And a very sexually active couple within the same room with their three kids. And they're having their dream house built while they're out on the show. And they come back to this rambling, huge house. They felt so lost. Oh, in wow. I, I can, house. yeah. And they came back and the, and the kids were sitting in a hot tub and they were being, well, how is this? He said, well, it's kind of boring here. All there is to do is hang out at the mall. You know, they had to do. They had to go fetch water and the snow and the ice, and it life was hard. But mm-hmm. they liked it, and they could. They knew what their father was doing when he goes off to work. They didn't know. They didn't know what his dad, their dad, did all day. They, there was no connection. So that was really cool to, to for them to get that perspective from the past. So you take the good things from the yeah. past. And take them with you into the future. So, you know, we have to, you know, time, I love the whole concept of time. Einstein said, I think that everything that's happening, past, present, and future, is actually happening at the same time. That's hard to grab your... Right. <laughs> it's hard but, to grab your mind around, but it's, if you take your other line that we talked about and realize you under, you know, there's more that you don't understand, then you can let it be. And you can... <laughs> You can let it be a part of your consciousness, right? Yeah. 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 It's fascinating. It is fascinating because the mind physically can't conceive of that in its linear time. So it's right. fascinating. But every once in a while we get a glimpse yeah. when we're not in time <laughs> and then things get magical. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> so what would you say living a sensate life means to you? Mm. <laughs> well, I've been thinking of that uh, lately. Um, oh, where to start? Um, well, starting with just the connection that I that I have felt with all all these people and and the love that I feel for for the fans and the show. Um, 
in a way, my my getting involved in this mural project, which kind of tackling two subjects at once mm-hmm. here, but in a way, that was a way of me kind of living the sensate life of giving back to the to these incredibly creative fans, and um, um, and so I'll we'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But I guess the other thing that I want that I wanted to take from sensei is how they you know how they all are connected with each other and they all help each other and I think that's the message that I want to have how can we all support each other and help each other um just to to make the world a better place really and to make our lives better to you know um, and it's a, it's a, it's a hard, hard thing because yeah. um, it's a very hard thing. So, um, you know, I feel like doing these murals, I'm helping support their dream of bringing sensate back. It's, I'm just connecting the dots mm-hmm. to make it happen. And, and it feels really good to do that. It feels like it's coming from my heart. Um, you know, cause it takes time and it's, but I, I, it'll, it's very, it's very exciting to do that. Um, but also I think living the sensate life in a way goes, it moves into my, my political work. Cause I, um, I feel pretty passionate about my political activism and I didn't always feel that way, but I feel we need that now more than ever. We, you know, we need people who, you know, with our democracy kind of, at risk here we need to come together and 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 work together to to save to save you know to 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 preserve our planet which brings us back to sense eight and and the phenomenon of the fans and how they're connecting you know like look what sense eight is doing people are becoming friends with people all over the world from different backgrounds yeah. 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 Finding their significant other. Right. Mm-hmm. And creating art. Yeah. Incredible art. Yeah. This is, it's amazing. And I, yeah. And I've connected with a number of the young artists out there. And uh, one was, um, she was a musician and wrote some beautiful, beautiful music inspired by some of the characters on Sense8 who didn't even speak. Like Wolfgang's mother, wow. she was taken by it, and um, she wrote a composed a whole piece of music around this character, and then that she don't whatever I guess she was going to try and raise money for women's shelters for it. Oh, that's um, beautiful! It was really amazing. She yeah, wanted to get awesome. her music on Sense8, mm-hmm. so I was trying to encourage her, send it to him, send it to him. You, you never know; just put it out there. Is that music available? Um, yes, it's been a while since I've talked to her. She, she also has since transitioned to male. Okay. Uh, so I don't even remember her name, his name. Uh, but, um, I could get that back to you if you want. Yeah, that'd be great. After the show. Yeah. 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 And we can yeah. help share that. I want to hear it and then we can get it out for other people to hear. Yeah. Because that, I think you're right. There is so much art, so much connection, um, so many defying boundaries. And I guess to me, that's where the hope is because art will prevail. 
humanity mm-hmm. will prevail. Human um, love prevails. I mean, it just does. It doesn't matter how much um, the denser side of our consciousness wants to fight. the The rest of our consciousness will prevail because it's so much more than. Mm-hmm. And okay. and I, you're right, Sheila. I mean, when you get the big Buddhist perspective of things, you can, <laughs> it's all perfect. It's all happening. Because it's, hopefully, this is part of our evolution, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. But I think, um, yeah, but what's happening to, in this time um, with Sensei, with the politics, with all of it, because you can disengage with that perspective, too. But the true, the ultimate evolution is when we can hold that perspective and show up and participate in the human humanity and evolution. And I think that that is what we're seeing starting to happen and, and what we're trying to find that balance with. How can I know this? How can I see the magic and the wonder every day and see what needs to grow and take action to help that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to share a story that I remembered reading that was very inspiring. Um, I don't know if it was on Twitter. I think it was on Twitter with Sarah Silverman, you know, the comedian. Yes, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess she got, she got some tweets by somebody who really trashed her and called her libtard and all that stuff. And, and um, anyway, she, do you know the story? I, I remember reading it, but I want you to tell it yeah. for everybody. No, I that, don't know the story. That's all. I mean, I don't remember the details, but she somehow, I don't know, reached out to him or found out more about this person and actually reached out to help him. There was some something going on in his life, some health thing or something. And she ended up get, yeah. you know, reaching out to him and paying for some medical yeah, that is it, like he it kept, totally turned him around. Yeah, you know, he had attacked her verbally, um, and she just—I thought it was amazing. Yeah, that's like, she just kept putting. I'm remembering now. She kept putting love yeah. back. She kept going back love with him back. and love. And eventually, he said. Eventually, he settled and said, "I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm in physical pain. This is everything going on in my life." And I just, you know, lashed out and she turned around and um, said she would take care. He couldn't afford the insurance and all that. So she said she'd take care of it, get him into the doctor. And then she put out a, a you know, like a a fundraiser to gather money to support him. And it just transformed him completely. And she's an yeah. amazing example of just like viciously pouring love on people. <laughs> you know? I was so inspired by that. Yeah. That was, was very sensate. Yes. So yes, it was. sensate inspires me to do to do more of those things. Be more loving, be more giving, even in the face of this hatred. Right. That's very hard for me. I get very, you know, my buttons <laughs> pushed easily. You know. We'll all hold hands and yeah. do it together. It's it's yeah, it is there tricky. We go. It is very tricky, (laughs) but we are here to support each other for sure. So bouncing back to the mural, um, because I want you to get that out before we close and make sure we gather people if, because I think we're doing a fundraiser for that too, right? Yes. So the muralist Deirdre is out of 
a town right now taking care of her mom. She'll be back in a week. And um, we're going to start the fundraising. And she's, we're going to start with a, ki- a Kickstarter, I think. Awesome. Okay. Kickstarter. She has experience doing that. I don't. So she's going to kind of show the way. Uh-huh. We have two walls. Nice. Two walls. And I just love this, how this fell into place. To me, it's like, I'm just thinking about how this is how the universe just rolls out the red carpet for you. And this is how it goes. You know, mm-hmm. I decided to put these, the dots together. You know, I know the muralist would just find a wall. Let's make this happen. See if we can make it happen. It doesn't, right. happen, it doesn't happen. But so I don't know if I told you this story. I think I was telling Martin yesterday about it. Um, so I was thinking, okay, bending a wall is actually the hardest part to get a wall that you can paint on. You can't just go up to any wall and just <laughs> painting it. So, um, so I had some artist, an artist friend who was connected to a muralist community, and I was at her house, and I was going to ask her about it. And I left, and I was in the car with some other people, and I said, "Oh, I forgot to ask Judy." And my friend Carol was driving, said, "Ask her what." I said, oh, I'm working on this mural project for Sensei, and we're looking for a wall to paint. And I thought she would know. She goes, I have a wall. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) I mean, it's just like that. I was like, magic. She runs this uh, music studios in here, the Lennon Lennon Studios here in San Francisco. You can see a picture of it, I think, even online somewhere, Lennon Studios. And they have... A lot of musicians go there and they rehearse and they do fundraisers and they do all kinds of just all kinds. And there's this huge wall outside the studios where in their parking area that's like, I don't know, huge, huge. And that's one wall. And then we have another part of her building on another side that's on the street. And she said we can have that and we have complete artistic freedom. And oh. she's a big Sense8 fan. Excellent. And, so, and she's even said you, we can have a fundraiser here for you and get bands and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> rolling it out. Babe. It's like, make it happen. That's when you know you're on the right track. No so doubt. That's awesome. Good. If you get, if you have yeah. a fundraiser, you should definitely get some cameras out there and send that footage oh, yeah. to Martin. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes I, well, I was telling him about it yes, yesterday as well, and uh, we went to a lot of the mural places, sites where we where we they shot Sensei. And, uh, what a treat. So, yeah. <laughs> and it was on International Women's Day. I know. Yeah. That's awesome. And we happened to be at the women's building, and there was that little sign. <laughs> international, Happy International Women's Day. I said, boy, is this perfect. That what? is so perfect. <laughs> so, you know, um, so yeah, and I mean, so we have a, a mock-up drawing for the show, which I don't think I should share. I think it should be a surprise. Yeah, me too. And I think it's going to be awesome. And it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm really excited. So I love yeah. hearing the story, and I, I actually, I. One of my favorite parts is that it's called the Lennon Studio because. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you it couldn't be more divine, right? So, you know, John Lennon um, in the song Imagine is yes. is about, and I used that in an article I wrote years ago about moving beyond, like we've been fighting for peace for so long and what's beyond that, you know, and we need to be able to imagine beyond that in order to create it. 
And so I, I think it's interesting because, you know, we've been putting time into the Sense8 and it's almost a political movement with Sense8 too. Huh? And, and I'm doing the guided meditation for it. And, it, and on some levels, I can see people saying, why are you doing this over a show when there's so much else to talk about, you know, in the world that needs to be dealt with? But what we're doing is saying, to me, we're saying, we see a world where sense is normal and that when we're beyond this chaos and we're going to put our attention on claiming that too and, and the arts and, and the freedom that comes along with it, the diversity, all of that. So it, it's so perfect that you're balancing the, the sense activism with the political activism that it's on the Lenin wall. I mean, it couldn't be more perfect. And thank it, it, you for and, doing that. And the, and the people who will go here and a lot of people go there, they're going to get a lot of visibility are all the kind of people who will love sense Right. That's These are perfect. all artists, musicians. And I think she even said, we could do a fundraiser and there's this woman, she's in a band here and she was in the sense eight. Oh, awesome. Uh, she showed me a picture. I didn't remember. Maybe she was an extra or something, but uh -huh. she, she was part of the show too. Great. So uh, yeah, it's really, it's really exciting. And yeah. And when is your meditation? On March 20th. Um, I'm doing okay. a live yeah. guided meditation at 8 a.m. Eastern time. So that will be early for you. <laughs> um, oh, that's really early. Yeah, <laughs> but I am going to record it. So if you can come live, but I'm going to record it. So you could always, I also see people because if people are from all around the world, so there's never a time that everybody's going to be awake. But um, I figured if I did it, then if you didn't, you know, when people wake up, they could listen to it. And we could just keep that energy going for the whole day. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. That would be so great. So you, you don't have to wake up by five unless you want to. <laughs> I'm not particularly a morning person, although I want to be because it's such a beautiful time of day. It is a beautiful time of day. <laughs> it really is a beautiful time of day. Mm -hmm. If I go to bed early enough, I might be able to. There you go. Yeah. Or you could, you could put it right next to your bed and just like set I an alarm, that. hit play, and then fall back to sleep to it. Absolutely. No, I think, it, I think it's great because this, it's uh, the message of Sensei. It just keeps, it needs to keep, stay alive. It I'm does. going to let Lana and Karen know we're doing this mural. I haven't put that out there oh, yet. Oh, good, but, good. Um, they're going to be happy. And they do need to know all the love they're getting if they're not hearing it. You know? oh, they do know. They do, do know. But, but Lana's not active on the right, internet. Right, right. Karen is more. And, um, but but they, they you saw the thank you video. I did. Lana. That was so beautiful. Yeah, that was so great. So she's very very aware and um, very appreciative. That's awesome. And, um, yeah. Is there anything that you want to tell? Because we know everyone's going to want to know. Was there anything that you can tell us about the upcoming special? Oh, <laughs> about the special. Yeah. Oh, we all we do you do all know where it was shot? Paris. Right. Berlin, Naples, and Brussels, I believe. Oh, wow, okay. This season. And uh, so I don't know everything, but the scene I'm in is a huge part. And I just remember talking to the fans in Paris. Um, they said something to me. They put it out there. Well, the, I'll give you, the, there's a clue in season two. 
Oh, I love like that. Yeah. <laughs> Treasure hunt. Treasure yes. hunt. Yeah. Those are fun. Clue in season two. And I remember watching that myself. And and when when I heard that this special was coming out, I'm going, that's going to be in the special. I know it has to be. It wow. has to be. So these fans, somehow they tricked me. <laughs> and they said, oh, we, they they said what it was and and I'm like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> how did you know? I said you tricked me, and so then they got the answer from me. Oh, but no. I didn't, so I'm not gonna tell you. But they figured it out. Okay, so I we can't. figured it out. So it's in there. And I think that is, and the fact that you have, that Grace has a very integral part is a huge clue too, right? Like. Yes, I'll say this, that I said, if there's this, if there is a special coming out, I knew I was going to be in it. All right. We will definitely go That's searching good. for that Easter egg. Yep. <laughs> no, already. But I won't. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. And, uh. Um, did you see any of the, any of the stuff on, on, on Facebook about the shooting in Paris? Did you see no, any of that? No, I'm not as involved with Sensate on Facebook. I'll have to, mm. no. Yeah, it's more on Facebook. Okay. Um, There's some stuff you'd see there that might give you some clues, but. All right. Yeah. I like Easter egg hunts. We'll go looking and then. Yeah, doing some <laughs> speculation and Easter egg hunts. That's fun stuff. Well, I do know the fans put out a list of things they wanted put in. They wanted answers to these things, uh-huh. and it and that was, this was one of them. All right, definitely. So, yeah. All right, we will find it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, it was very fun. Thank you. It was. So Thank much. you very much. Yeah, this has been a wonderful time. I it love you. Been, You're yeah. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you are too, you guys. You had a lot to, a lot to say about it. It was, it was really good. Well, thank you. Thank you. So thank you again. And thank you, Maximilian. That's a wrap for the show. You can find more about Sheila's and my work at consciouslyawesome.com. If you have any questions or comments, please hit us up on Twitter at live underscore sense eight. You can also email us at team at livesense8.com. Please rate us and review us over on iTunes. If you've enjoyed the show, please support us over at patreon.com slash livesense8. And thank you very much for spending your time here with us today by listening. And thank you very much for all the social shares and support over on social media. We will catch you next time. 